Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The driver's seat. Stevie Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who'll get there first? Shelly, I reckon no. Johnson got it. Three left to go. Yeah, He's in the face. The buzzer is there. They're all in the face. The driver's seat. It's redemption day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, the Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings. And yeah, I know who I want to take me home. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. Catch up across Australia. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. It is... The final round of the BP Ultimate All-Star E-Series, and uh, we've had a blast from the past to finish off the championship. Yes, we are heading to Bathurst once again, but we wind the clock back in round 10 and pay a visit to Oran Park. And obviously, there's a lot of memories from Oran Park. And uh, this week on the show, before we got into the actual racing, Matt and Steve actually went back and looked at some of the memories of that once former great racetrack. You go back and Google or, or YouTube some of the old Oran Park races, and it was, they're just fantastic. Like some of the photos I've seen on social media this week of Oran Park, uh, it was absolutely packed, 10, 15 deep all the way from basically two-thirds of the track mm. all the way around to the front straight, just people everywhere. And, um, you know, it's something that I think that at this stage, I don't think we're, we're not going to see that again for a very for long, a long time. time. And we haven't, to be truthful, we haven't seen it for a long time either. Queensland Raceway and here were yep. always the big. You always yeah, used to wow. get a monster crowd, yep. but for whatever reason, we have that haven't had that in the last couple of years. Uh, Tim Brook, a good friend of ours, uh, a Toyota eighty six champion, uh, he actually lives at Oran Park. Okay, so he was such a racing fan, he bought a house out there, and he's also a Toyota eighty six champion. So the guys that that owned that property, they, and they obviously owned the development and developed yep. it and obviously made some good money on it. But the, the good thing with that is they kept some history there. A lot of the, the streets and things were named after Brock, yep. Johnson, Moffat, uh, Richards. That's Dave. awesome. So Melrose. Melrose. He's got Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, unbelievable. Get out. No, yep, Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah. Melrose, who was an old privateer in supercars, done a million different things, raced I think 13 times at Nürburgring. He got – that was his track. That's what that's what he was known for. Uh, he's got Mal, M-A-L, Rose Place. Did you get a bus stop or anything, Steve? Me? Yeah. No, I think only, I... only one un, room enough for one Johnson. Terrace. Johnson's tip, maybe. What? <laughs> Rubbish tip. Oh, you right, know okay, Johnson's okay. tip. Okay. Moving on, okay. uh, round one. Uh, is it going to be round one? It will be round one, June twenty-seven. Um, let's quickly just no, go round through it. Oh, round two. Adelaide was round one. Of course. Yes. I've got about Remember that. that? Right yeah. Back then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that this year? Yeah, that was, was this year. Holy moly! Before okay. Everything happened. 
Let's have a quick look at this. It'll be Sydney Motor, Motorsport Park under lights, three by 130 kilometre sprint races. There'll be a top 15 shootout yep. as well. A major change due to COVID restrictions is the limitation to just 16 members permitted over the line in pit lane per car instead of eight. Yeah. And we hear they'll be taking that away from the guys putting the tyres on, right? So yeah, there'll be so two guys instead of gun. four. Yeah, yeah. One, one, one per rattle gun, which is, yep. you know, we haven't seen that for a while either. So that, yeah. that should be a good. I think what it's going to do, boys, is we have had our current regulations and, and processes of the way we do things for a very long time. Now, we've had four or five months off motorsport. Um, we've got less numbers over the line now. It's going to be very interesting to see who actually adapts to this and gets their gets their human movement right and communications right and all of that sort of stuff. So I think from a, an in-garage point of view, Stevie J, there's a few less numbers, but definitely boys from marketing and PR and, and sponsorship relations and all that sort of stuff. Even team owners that yep. aren't actually... Is DJ going? Is it? No, I don't think. Barry is. As the manager, he's yeah, going. He's, yes. but, but Dick's not going to go down. No. Uh, as, because there's not going to be crowds there, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's going to be a very interesting process, mm. and I think we all need to be a little patient to see how all this is going to roll out because there will be mistakes. Even in broadcast, uh, mm. you know, there's going to be some change. I know Rihanna Crean's not going to be in pit lane, nor is Greg Murphy. So right, okay. poor old Mark Larkham's got to get his skates on and run up and down the pit lane. <laughs> mm. um, teams will be required to make one compulsory pit stop during all three races to change at least two tyres. Drivers will enter each race with a, a tank full of fuel with no fuel stops required. Yeah. Will this change if crowds come back? Or is this if going to be set in concrete now to the end of February? No, I think the first no. time we'll see real boots on the ground will probably be Bathurst in October. Um, there was some discussion, Stevie J, about uh, like the old driving and the old footy games, bringing your car in into SMP. You're not allowed out of it. You can't go and get mm. a hamburger, but you can park there and watch the racing. Yep, good idea. To the cover. Great idea. Fantastic idea. I'm not sh- I'm not up to date as to whether that's been approved or not. Yeah, not sure. But They're talking about cool. it, but I'm not sure. It's but people will get the... out of their cars. Well, How do you control it? That's you go the, the toilet problem. Have, stuff like yeah, that. You've yeah, you've got to have a bunch of yeah. fluoro vests there telling people Just not to go to the toilet, not to go to the bathroom, not to do this, not to do that. Gatorade bottles. Just take your Gatorade bottle. All right, do not do that um, if you're listening. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is our number. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call. Lemon lime, lemon lime. Le- oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> Thank God this is the last show in the E-Series. This is the driver's seat for Kubota Building Australia. And if you want to relive the E-Series, rev up your smartphone and catch up with the driver's seat app available in the App Store. This is the driver's seat for Kubota, building Australia. Great to have you company. It's the driver's seat catch-up across Australia. Thanks to Kubota for over 40 years we've been making Tomorrow Matter and together we're building Australia. It's time to check out this week's feature interview for IMAR Insurance, the tradies mate, call 13IMAR. We always love catching up with anyone from Penrite Racing and who better to join us on the show than the big boss himself, Barry Ryan. Hey guys, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Exciting. This is the last last round of the E-Series tonight. Um, from a, an ownership point of view and a management point of view, um, has it saved supercars whilst the whole COVID-19 thing's been going on? Yeah, I reckon it's been a huge success for just giving some racing. And you, know, you, you, you um, especially some of those oval races, you sit there on the couch on the edge of your seat and start slapping yourself around going, I'm watching a cartoon, but 
it's um <laughs> actually been really entertaining a lot of it so but it's um yeah it's good and yeah we've had Anton obviously right up there and um Brody uh the time he drove up there and um Will's been going good and Dave's definitely been getting better so we've got all four all four drivers tonight out of our stable so it's gonna be good fun to watch Hey, so Baz, yeah. we, we, we watched this year the inside line uh, on Foxtel, Fox Sports, Fox Sports, and one of the overriding things uh, from that documentary was you and pit stops and your frustration <laughs> with pit stops. Has it been nice to watch this racing and not have to swear and throw things and get aggro at the crew because there's no real pit stops over the wall? Yeah, I guess, yeah. A couple of times... Um... <laughs> Anton still stuffed them up and he was on second gear one time and then he ran past the box another time and I'm like throwing things at the screen. No, no, it's actually pretty calm. <laughs> Were you happy with one the way that came out? Were you happy with the way the inside line came out? Because, I mean, they certainly focused a little bit on, on the angry side of Barry, but probably I don't think actually enough on the compassionate, happy side of, of Barry Ryan and how much the team goes. But were you happy with the way that, that sort of came out or was that a frustration at the end? Thanks for the little compliment there, first off. But, That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, it's easy to create a villain. It's a lot yeah. easier to create a villain than it is to create someone that's nice, but um, I don't know. I, I can't hide behind the fact that my emotions get the better of me sometimes and people saw it firsthand and that's what they want to see. So that's what they show. So The funny uh, thing is fine. that, that in, in motorsport, Baz, as you know, it's it's very rare that you actually see and hear what people are thinking. You know, that's very yeah, clinical and very, you know, um, managed and monitored by a lot of people. And, I, you know, personally, I mean, I guess, you know, my dad's old school and I guess you'd call me from the old school style, even though I'm sort of probably yeah. in the middle of a transition. But for me, it's refreshing to actually see someone saying how it is and saying exactly what they feel. Yeah, the passion. Yeah, I think that's been the overriding thing with people in the game or even, even our sponsors, that yep. the passionate sponsors that you know, see all that. It's it's just Joe Public. Some of them just don't get it. They just think I'm a bully and, you know, I wouldn't last in the real world. But in the real world, I know you can't do that. And, you know, we're in an industry where there's certain things you need to do different to the working at Macca's or, or KFC and putting a chip on the ground and getting in trouble. I could imagine so, you. Um, I could imagine I you selling a Big Mac <laughs> to someone. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, especially if I come in and ask for one and I'd stuffed up the thing. And uh, Barry, you put too much too much sauce yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> or it's gone a couple of minutes over the drive-through thing. You know, they've been waiting there too long. Go out and throw the bag. Uh, no, but yeah, I think oh, yeah, I they, think you're one hundred percent right. When they make right, you wait at the drive-through. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're one hundred percent right. I say, I say the, no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And just drive off. <laughs> um, <laughs> if 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 that sort of, you couldn't do that sort of, I think you're right in what you say. You couldn't do some of that stuff in the real world, but your world is real and that's what pit lane is about. And if you stuck a camera under three quarters of the teams there, there'd be people blowing up left, right and centre. You'd be able to capture it. So you're right. They do go yeah. after the villain and that creates that creates entertainment, and that's what people love. I think you know if you look at that F one show, who's the who's the Haas director? 
Uh, oh, Gunther Steiner. Gunther Steiner. Oh, Gunther. <laughs> yeah, Gunther loves an F word and a, and a throwing things and all of that kind of stuff. But the overriding passion is there, which is really cool. Uh, just let's get back to this. We've got the start of the season coming up. Give us the give us the mud map of how you guys are going. Are you, re- are you ready to roll out? Are you all pumped? All the mechanics are back. You're set up, primed, ready to go? Yeah, we're, we've got most people on board. There's a couple of people still working from home, like some of the race engineers and that, because... In Victoria, they're pretty much still saying if you can work from home, work from home. So um, some of them are still doing that. Um, yeah, but we're right to go. Like we're we're pretty excited about our test at the Tail and Band and then Adelaide. And pity we didn't get to show more at um, AGP. But like, yeah, we're pretty excited for SMP particularly because it's been somewhere where our cars have been pretty good. And um, yeah, can't wait to get back there, mate. Um... Obviously, there's a, quite a few changes to the structure of, I guess, the makeup of the weekend with regard to, you know, how long you can get to the track before your first session, how long you've got to be there for uh, post, you know, the last session. Um, you can't just arrive when you want and leave when you want. It's it's very regulated, isn't it? And obviously numbers. Um, yeah. How's that going to affect you guys? I mean, uh, is that something that you think is workable or it's going to be pretty tough? I think it's really workable. I think it's good that we we get a chance to try these things just to see whether it's something we can do in the future because it's definitely going to be a cost containment as well as a necessity. And um, for our team personally, I think it's going to be really good because we've got a, a structure of people that have, you know, like Mirko, for instance, has been a mechanic and he's gone through to be an engineer and I started as a mechanic and Dennis started as a mechanic and now he's a manager. So... We've got so much mechanical strength that if shit goes wrong, we could. We haven't just got an engineer that's only been to uni and worked worked on a race car engineering. Yeah, we've got a heap of people that know how to jump on the car if they need to and do the work. Mate, is is do you have to cut many numbers down? Um, give give everyone a little bit of a an idea of um, you know what you're allowed per car, etc. Because it, it has changed a lot. Yeah, for example, our um, itinerary had 24 people on it for Adelaide. Yep. So, you know, when you look now, we've only got 13. So um, we've had to cut 11 people uh, from the go-away squad. But um, some of the other teams had even more than that, over over 30 probably. Mm. Uh, So, you know, you used to be able to have seven people work on each car. And now you've pretty much got, you know, you've got five and a half working on each car and the engineers don't really work on the cars. So generally, yep. so you, you cut your team down by two, two and a half people per car. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit tougher, but like I said, if you've got the, the backbone in your team and the skill sets, you know, multiple skills for people from people, you'd be right. Um, we are talking to Barry Ryan, the boss of uh, Erebus uh, Motorsports and Penrite Racing. Uh, if you want to uh, send us a text or ask a question, give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or jump on the Speckle text machine, 0433 98 11 16. Um, Barry, quick question for you, mate. How's the um, – during this whole COVID-19 thing, lots of businesses around the globe have reinvented themselves. How's the Erebus Garage going? Yeah, it's good. We only um, opened the doors early last week, but 
done a heap of broadcast servicing. We've got some. We've got an old um, Commodore got bought in early in the week. It hasn't been run for years. A beautiful old SS that somebody wants a bit of a restoration on. Just yep. more, just get it going, make sure it's fresh. And uh, got some old HK. Man. We've got a couple of race cars. Yeah, we've got heaps of varied stuff. It's actually been really encouraging of what we can actually achieve to get a bit more income, not just relying on sponsors. And Baz, I wanted to ask, at the start of this COVID thing, um, you know, we talked about it at the start of the show 10 weeks ago, that we were really proud of how motorsport had had thrown themselves behind the cause and went into the production of, you know, personal protection equipment, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Penrite Racing yeah. was one of those teams that, that absolutely did that. Let's wind forward now 10 weeks. We were supposed to, yeah. or we were potentially looking at having somewhere between fifty and 150,000 uh, fatalities from the COVID-19. Um, yeah. Happily, we say that we haven't gone anywhere near that. Sadly, it's been 100 and whatever it is, 104, 105. Um, yeah. That yeah. stock of PPE equipment, did that make it out? Is it sitting in the corner? What What's the status of that now as we move forward? Well, the, the scuba, scuba mask style thing, um, the best thing about that is we had like 12, uh, was it 12,000 of them sitting in the truck and the race transporter actually ready to go? But because it didn't um, get too bad, Dr. Carl, um, as we know from supercars, he he was the one that sort of controlled it to make sure that let's make sure we get it approved so we don't have to, if we need to rush it out there, we can rush it out there. But to get TGA approval and make sure that, you know, there's no litigation down the track and stuff, we had the chance to do that. So... All that is just sitting on the sidelines, and um, best thing is it was ready to go, but we didn't need it. So, um, and then we did the face shields, and they were stuff that doesn't need TGA approval. So, we got twelve thousand of them out to about one hundred and thirty different hospitals and healthcare centres. So, we're pretty proud of what we did there. And that was just using our own staff to assemble them too. So, wow. people picking them up, taking them home, and making, you know, hundreds of face shields overnight and delivering them out the next day via the good guys at Cool Drive. Tim and John Blanchard helped out heaps there. Mate, it's, uh, it's impressive to see not only you guys and, and obviously, you know, with Tim and John and Cool Drive and, you know, Triple Eight were doing stuff. There's so many people that jumped in the deep end in probably yeah. a, a, an all, like a, a situation and I guess experiencing something that, is probably foreign to all of you guys um, to be able to do apart from face masks. I mean, you guys use those shields yeah. all the time in your fab shop and that sort of thing, but I know it's a different style, but um, yeah, yep. you know, to be able to do that. Um, and even though, uh, you know, the way that it's gone has been great for this country. I think that that just shows, I think the, the versatility of like supercar teams. I mean, people just think that they're smart because they know, racing and then they know cars and they know how to engineer a car to go around a corner fast but i mean that just goes yeah. to prove that a good engineer is a, a, good, a, a good engineer, engineer. yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think you know the biggest thing was Mirko probably kicked off the whole let's just do it because he you know he had a lot of family back in italy and he saw the scuba diving mask and then we contacted um uh, dr dr carl and he said look yeah great idea let's push that but there's more important things to do. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was when I was going around with those intubation boxes that 
it was a it was a day where you know I met a lot of doctors and nurses that were just so so um, happy for what we were doing that some of them gave us these face shields and said, guys, we can't get these. Can you do anything with that? So within two days, we had like 500 of them already made and to our own sort of spec, we sort of half copied this one. He had talked to Dr. Carl, made it a little bit longer. And then, um, yeah, we pumped out another 12,000 in the next three weeks, which was, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty rewarding and, you know, pretty emotional too to see how happy some of the nurses were and doctors when you delivered them because some of them we just hand-delivered just to get them to them quick. All right, Barry, yeah, we better let you good, go, mate, because race, race one's about to start. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming back on the driver's seat, Gazai Racing. Good luck tonight, mate, and good luck uh, when the supercars relaunch on January 27. Yeah, and you've got, yeah, got a P2 and a, P2 and a P3 in your drivers at the moment, mate, so they're, they're, they're killing it. Yeah, I know. But, uh, they're going all right. Yeah. Thanks, Barry. Take care, mate. All right. Thanks, guys. Barry Ryan, our feature interview, thanks to Imar Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR or visit imar.com.au. This is the driver's seat across Australia for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota, building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, building Australia. It's time for this. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix brake big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. If you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix brakes. Now, we always love getting a visit on the driver's seat from the one and only Dick Johnson, who celebrated a golden wedding anniversary last week, and we had to get him on the show one last time before the E-Series wrapped up. Oh, good, mate. What's this daddy Dick stuff? You know, you've got <laughs> well, that's what he told us he calls you, Dick. You are so full of it, Jace. You know what Jace was saying, Dad? He did say, just before I now, oh, you know, your dad, I'll tell you what, what a good bloke. I used to do this show. What was it called, Jace? The Rush Hour on the Gold Rush FM. The Rush Hour on Gold FM. And your dad used to come in. Yeah. And then, we, then we went to the, the Paradise Point Bowls Club and had a couple of drinks. And I, he's like, oh, he's like my best mate. No, I didn't that's what say Jace, like That's my what best he said, Dad. I'm, I'm like, said, I've never no. heard Dad <laughs> speak <laughs> about hey, mate, you, Matthews. Hey, let, let me tell you, the prick wouldn't even give me a lift home. I had to walk. <laughs> yeah, that's Jace. <laughs> All right. Dick, can we just watch the language, please? We are live. If you want to, if you want to <laughs> ask Dick a question, uh, give us a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or send us a text, please. The Speckle Text Machine oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Dick, I'm going to ask the first question. I'll leave it to the boys after this. What have you thought of this e racing, Nate? And and has it has it done wonders for supercars and exposure? Do you want a serious answer or a real one or what? You know, Give us your real answer. Here. Real well, answer, Dick. Look, it's it's sort of kind of kept things alive, to be quite honest. But, you know, it's it's not the real thing. The, the very best part about the whole deal is, and, uh, God, I wish it could happen in real life, is you crash them and you push a button, you come back, and you haven't <laughs> even got out of the race. Right. What a wank, you know. You've got to be kidding <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't but know. It's going to it, be hard to try to get you onto one. I know you're not that overly that fond on on getting on a, on a simulator of such. Oh mate, the last thing I was on a simulator was bloody Pac-Man, you know, and it's coming back, so I'm looking good. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dick, I want to get your memories of Oran Park. That's where we're racing tonight. You you had some success there. Was it a place that you enjoyed going to and enjoyed racing at? 
Awesome, awesome racetrack. Look, I tell you what, it was um, without a doubt um, one of the racetracks that you know I think everyone really enjoyed. I know everyone said it was hard to pass and all that, but you know you you got to take the good with the bad, and it was just one of those racetracks where um, look, it, it had a bit of everything, especially um, because I originally when I first went there it was only the, the short track, and then uh, then they extended it and. The Perriches took it over um, in in the eighties, and, and uh, he, he started to really sort of ramp the place up. And gee, it was a, just a really good place to race at. Is that uh, something? I mean, we know, and even back me remembering as a kid, I did my first uh, Shell Australian Touring Car Championship race there um, before number nineteen. Yeah. Yep, and uh, it was one of those places where it actually the, the season used to finish there, Dad, didn't it? Like the season used to finish there as a Shell Touring Car Championship, and then you went on to to Bathurst, which was Endurance. the finale. Yeah, exactly. No, so. they, we we used to have a we used to have a Touring Car Championship, then we'd have an Endurance Championship, and and uh, Oran Park used to be the grand final of the uh, Touring Car Championship, and uh, on the Sunday night after after the race. There was a great marquee set up in the, the like above in, in the top end of the circuit there, uh, behind the grandstand and and boy what a night we used to have you know everyone used to get together and have a really good time and and uh, yeah it was uh, I could tell a few stories but I won't. <laughs> was it a, was it a fast place? Was it a dangerous place to race? Well. Originally, at the end of the, the main straight there on, on the long circuit, they used to have a concrete wall. So if you have had a bit of a problem, which I did once when I got clobbered by John Goss, I think it was, going into into turn one, and you're backing into the wall there, it was, uh, it was a major. Or if you come over the top of the flip-flop, they used to call it the flip-flop, which is the second last turn over the top of the hill. Um, and, you know, you, you had to get that dead right. Otherwise, you, you had the world's greatest tank slapper going into the last turn. And and that was a corner they called Enegol. And there was a concrete wall there too. And, boy, you know, you, you paid the penalties. But, but you know, the, now, you know, things are different. All these wussy guys have got to have all these, you know, sand traps and, and things that stop them getting hurt. <laughs> and you won a championship there in 1995, uh, or just sorry, John Bow won the championship there. JB did, yeah. 95, and there's yep. there's there's text messages coming in. There's all this sort of stuff about your behaviour after that race, and even a rumour that you actually kissed. I mean, the only, only time I've ever kissed it got on my life, and it wasn't <laughs> on the lips. I can tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it was with a bloke with a beard. Yeah, and it was the furriest thing I've ever had my mouth in, I can tell you. <laughs> I was going to leave it to you now, Steve. Actually, but, but something that, that you did race there in amongst other places, which I think was really, really cool and, and remember it a lot as a kid, um, they used to do a lot of truck racing at Oran Park and Calder, yeah. and you actually raced a Ford Cargo truck at Oran Park, didn't you? Yeah, that, that, that was the old cargo, mate. She was... Not real good in a straight line, but uh, because it was, you know, smaller and lighter, you know, it was uh, it was good around the corners and under brakes and that. But this is in the early days or the very very start of truck racing, where old mate used to 
unhook his rig out the front and drive in and race. And it was quite funny. It was, uh, yeah, very different. But, boy, when those things clobber the wall, they make a big mess, I tell you. Uh, we're talking to racing car legend Dick Johnson at the moment. If you want to ask Dick a question, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or jump on the text machine oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, DJ, this week, uh, well, as we look back on your whole career and your life, uh, there has been one person that's been beside you for at least fifty years of that life. And I, I know that when you speak, a lot of people listen. You celebrated your fiftieth wedding anniversary this week to the beautiful Jilly. What's the secret of a long-lasting marriage, uh, given that I've been married for two years? I'm going to listen intently now to what you say about being married for 50-plus years. Mate, it's, I, I think the main thing is you've got to have a lot of patience and you've got, you've got to have a lot of give and take too. And, and something that I've always done, not only with marriage, but certainly everything I do is you got to put yourself in the other person's situation and and see how you would feel. So that's just one of the things that I've always done, and and it sort of worked for me. And boy, you know, fifty years is a long time, and I can assure you that it only gets better when you get uh, to this point. Everything, you know, has been, uh, you know, like you have your ups and downs, but you know that's normal. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah. You just got to be patient and uh, and survive, and don't throw the towel in, mate. You got to you got to fight for everything you get these days. I wonder what the answer would be if we asked Jill. Whether it'd be the same or a completely different <laughs> answer. I suppose patience oh. would be in there. <laughs> Maybe we should put Mum. Yeah, no, yeah. put, put her on. Put her on. Put her on. Yeah, put her on. We want to speak to Jilly. Oh, uh, mate, she's she's in a dressing gown. Oh, well, that's it's right. not it's television. That's what, that's what We're not wearing radio. pants, mate. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I know we'd definitely get a different answer if we asked John Bow about what's the secret to a marriage. Yeah, well, maybe for 50 years just to four different women. <laughs> no, well, he's, he's really he's not in the endurance race, that's for sure. <laughs> I think the longest so, marriage JB has had is actually to my dad's race team when he drove for him for 11 or 12 years. Yeah, well, <laughs> Dick, yeah, well, you, um, well, Dick you, I was going to say, you must be excited. The good girl's here now, so you can ask her. But oh, yeah, put Jill on. There you go. She's here. Yeah, hi, guys. Hello, hey, Mum. Hey, Jilly. Hello. hello we, we, we're hello. very confident that you're not going to swear on the radio, so it's all good, like everybody else has tonight. So we asked your we asked your husband there, Jilly, uh, what the secret to fifty years of marriage is. I didn't say fifty years of happy marriage. I just said fifty years of marriage. What, what's the secret? I know you and I exchanged a few messages during the week as to what the secret is, but you tell our our learned listeners what's the secret to fifty years of being married to a racing driver. <laughs> Well, it's a lot of give and take, I can tell you. Oh, there's one. That's number one. They've rehearsed that. It's more take for him than it is for me. (laughs) There we go. I knew we'd get different answers, yes. (laughs) Mate, I'm a very giving person. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm I'm not sure whether there's a secret. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's actually... Quite a achievement, I think. And I think that when we came over for dinner, Mum, that night, um, 
you guys, from what I could see, you guys were just blown away by the amount of messages. And like, like Dad said, he was literally worn out. Both of them were worn out reading messages, whether it be Facebook messages, just text messages, phone calls all day was, from people he, that, yeah. that you haven't heard from for a long time. Isn't that right? Yeah, but every time the phone rang after a while, he, he had a few swear words. <laughs> <laughs> Must be an after eight o'clock thing. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was loving all the messages, but he couldn't put his phone down. Every time they put it down, it rang again. So, yeah. Mate, so and I, and it, I'm not a fast texter. <laughs> <laughs> so I would imagine, guys, that uh, during this whole COVID experience, uh, this is the longest you would have been at home for any one stretch of time without going to a racetrack. It, would that be right? Well, you got that dead right, mate, I tell you. It's just, um, it's very, very strange. And and it, it hasn't finished yet because, uh, but it's, um, well, I don't know, Jelly and I, but also Ryan, we're, we're not going to the races until such time as uh, uh, it becomes, you know, apparent that we get spectators, etc. Very interesting. I mean, it's there's a massive amount of changes. We spoke to Barry Ryan earlier, Dad, just regarding the changes on what um, you got to do at this racetrack. There's limited time that they can get there before the session start. There's a maximum amount of hours. I think it's three hours after the race that they're only allowed to be at the track before they have to leave, and obviously a limited yep. number of people. So it's a massive change all around, isn't there? It's it's going to be something that uh, we've never experienced before, and, and as as you know, like I've been on this earth for over seventy five years, and and uh, in in this game, my God, since I was you know fifteen, or even earlier, and uh, I've never seen anything like this, and and I doubt very much whether you're going to see anything like this um, again, mate. Uh, I think that. Um you know, in my, from my perspective, that's fantastic because it, it gives more time for you to come over and help me do stuff. Baby, babysit. Ba- babysit <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. I think um, he actually, my dad actually gets more enjoyment Look, like when I bring the dog over than when I go over. Yeah, well, Huey's ace. We love Huey. <laughs> and the grandkids. I'm, I'm just a – I used to be – like or I used to enjoy me coming over. Now I just I'm just a I'm just a taxi driver. I feel like I'm the Uber guy that brings the kids and the dog. <laughs> no, over. Yeah. that's that's not right. That's not right. I well, knew you'd say that, I'm your favourite. I know. <laughs> at least every time I see the dog, he's happy. <laughs> wow, <clears throat> wow. All right. Well, listen. Uh, should we end this interview now before it gets a little bit too serious? Right. Okay. Nigel, we needed a boom boom. Dick, thank you for for joining us. And Jill, congratulations or commiserations on your fifty years. Interesting question. Would have they lasted if COVID lasted for fifty years? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'm saying yes. Yes. We would have, absolutely. And we hope our kids can do the same thing and everybody else. 100%. We're just setting the example for the rest of everyone else, you know. That's it. Unbelievable. That is good for myself and for my sister. 
Very good role models there. That is excellent. Dick Johnson and Jill Johnson, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight on the driver's seat, guys, iRacing. And uh, I have you know, too, your son's uh, eating well, looking after himself. He wasn't eating chock top uh, biscuits tonight. I wasn't. I brought them in for you guys. <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Thanks, guys. Oh, he's got a bottle of water, but yeah. that's to wash down yeah. the, the Golden Gay time. I uh, did have a Golden Gay time. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. A, a, a gay what? A gay time. It's an ice cream, Dick. We're going to move on oh, from this. Oh, uh, have, have, you, have a good night and good luck for the next 50 years. Thanks, buddy. All the best, guys. Cheers. See ya. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together we are building Australia. And you can stay in touch 24-7 with the Driver's Seat app. Grab it from the App Store and Google Play. Before we go, it's time to slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Mate, um, it's good to have you on board again this week. I just got a, a text message I need to read out. We're, we've been, um, as you know, your good friend uh, Matt McKeldon is an excellent racing car driver and been dedicating a lot of the show to him tonight. Um, there's a, a text here from Joe, Mal, uh, and also Steve. It says, hi, boys. Should we refer to Matt McKeldon as Pasto... What's his name? The Formula Pastor One driver, Maldonado. Pastor Maldonado. Now, what does that mean for those who aren't uh, racing car enthusiasts? Well, <laughs> it's, it's it's not a good thing. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not a great oh. thing. The no. funny thing is that uh, there's a lot of memes come up uh, not long after Pastor Maldonado left Formula One. Thanks, Joe. Um, yeah, good on you, Joe. That's a cracker, mate. <laughs> well done, Joe. We like Joe. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, if there was a boat. That was docking and it was actually docked and it was up on the dry dock, yeah. literally it's on the road. Up. It would go, oh, it looks like Pastor Maldonado has uh, taken up uh, boat Target driving boat. or a captaincy. <laughs> right, okay. So that, that's... So he crashed a lot. He crashed right, a lot. Right, okay. Yeah, oh, that's so a bit harsh He was one Joe. of the guys that when, the, on, yeah, when, the, when the Formula One drivers had Pastor Maldonado behind him, yeah. they, they would either get out of the way yeah. or they would, you know, pray... Try and pit early. Yeah, he tried to pit early and get out of his way. Right, okay. Well, that's that's not good. Um, We'll bring in uh, Malcolm here. Malcolm, uh, your classic cars uh, segment today. When interest rates and housing prices are down, what are investment cars you can buy now for under 15 grand that have the potential to grow in value in the next five years? I like this topic, mate. What do you you got for us? Yeah, this one's a bit different because um, everyone talks about the values of classic cars and, you know, we're – uh, familiar thing about the Ferraris and the Porsches, Aston Martins, and close to the home, the GTHOs, the uh, XB Coupes, the Monaros, Taranas, but they're all very expensive, and we've talked about those before, but I've just thought about what can you buy for under 15000 bucks as a bit of a starter classic that you can get into that you can enjoy now, and maybe in five or six years, if you come to sell it, you're actually going to make a few bucks on the way through. Because as we know, as soon as you buy a new car, it devalues pretty quickly, so... Maybe if we look at the other end of the scale and see where some opportunities are, might be better putting your money in there than it is in the uh, stock market or um, or buying a property at this point. All right. What do you got? So, for us? what's the what's the best one? What's the kick off the first one, bro? 
Well, the first one um, is, is one I like the most, the MX-5, the first generation, which um, came out in, in 1989. That was really the first of the soft tops that really kicked off that, that um, revival of, of soft tops. Not a bad little car. Um, 1.6 litre engine, uh, the pop-up headlights, when they go like a, a cut cat there, um, very much like a go-kart. You can get them from as low as five grand, and probably a couple of years ago you would have got a decent one for that, but those are on the on the rise at the moment. So you can get one now, six or seven. I think they're a, they're a good fourteen or $15,000 car in the next couple of years if you find an original one. And colour's important, so if you can get a red or a British racing green one, a bit better than the yellow or white one. So that's probably a a good one to kick off with. And they make a pretty good race car too, don't they, Malcolm? They do. They do make a very nice race car. <laughs> um, <laughs> Malcolm's, got one as, Malcolm's got a little one as a race car. Uh-huh. Little little NB, yeah. Um, Ford and Holden, um, normally when we're talking about classics to buy, we usually stick with the European ones, but I want to have a look at some of the, um, the Ford and Holdens. Now, we all talk about the last of the breeding at HSV and the FPV cars. Um, and we've seen some of the earlier models skyrocket past 20 grand to, as we know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, as we've discussed with some of the, um, the earlier ones. And even um, the early Commodores and XD Falcons are now over 20,000. And I think Johnson Racing sort of punched up the value of the XDs there for a while and uh, a bit of a resurgence now in the, um, in the Masters. So that's all good. But I think a, a good rule of thumb is to have a look at what's gone up in price and then what follows it. So... Often the later models are less desirable now, but when people can't afford the, the more desirable ones or the older ones, the, the newer ones start to come up in value. So it's always good to have a look at what's gone up in value and then what's next. So if we, we talk about the XD, the next ones are the XD and the XF Falcons, and, they, and they're about half the value of an XD at the moment. And then we move into the EA, the car that no one liked, and they're even cheaper again. So if you can find a good quality V8, um, you can still be paying under 10000 bucks, um, and that's early 2000s, and same with the early Commodores and V8s and the XP and VT, and as we know, they're not making any more of those anymore, so a good quality one that hasn't been flushed, uh, thrashed around should be um, a nice bit of kit for the future. It's interesting. What do you reckon, boys? It's interesting that some of those older cars, and you know, and I think I've explained this on, on the show before, that I found it very, very hard to find certain... OEM bits for my new TCM sure. build with regard to headlights, taillights. Like, you just can't get them. And if you do, honestly, uh, find a pair. They're generally four or 500 bucks for a pair wow. that are literally um, faded and dirty and maybe even cracked. So it's, it's, it's unbelievable with some of these things. If you can find, if you can get, and Malcolm, you can contest to this, if you can get something like an original uh, Ford X. D or XE ESP Falcon, for instance, which weren't that expensive when they were out, um, they'd be worth an absolute fortune now, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're going up too. And a great thing to get in if you can find one. Just got to keep away, like any car, keep away from the rust or if it's had a hard life because um, you, you better just spend a little more time and find that one that's a little bit better because it really won't cost you that much more. And um, I see a few out there that um, have all sorts of cars that have got faded paint, and you go, geez, decent paint jobs now, you know, 12 to 20 grand. Um, you, you, you'd want to be an awesome car. I mean, if, you, if you're buying something that's got a $50,000 upside, fair enough, but some of these older ones, um, you're better off not to, not to um, risk it, I reckon. 
Um, one of the interesting what, what, what ones. About a, what about a Peugeot 205 convertible? Are they a future classic? No. Um, let's <laughs> talk about Datsuns and Toyotas, right? Because um, there's a demand building for some of the Datsuns and Toyotas. Um, you look a few years ago, no one wanted them, but you look at the sleekers um, and even the 120Ys and the 180Bs. I've seen those at car shows, and you know you're old when you remember those things coming out brand new and they're sitting there at a car show. And as my father used to say, they were terrible then and they're terrible now. But they're rare and, and rarity creates a value and people look at them and go, gee, I had one of those when, when I was 18 or 20, they're great. So um, you see the early road trees, like the Mazda RX-7s and the Datsun 2000s, they're all really expensive now. Some of those Datsuns, I can't believe the prices of them. Mm. And not even talking the 240, the 260Zs, I'm talking the 1200s and the 1600s, they're all over over 20 grand now. So um, there's some, some nice Corollas, the K30s, the K35s from the early 80s are going up, especially the Coupes. Um, ST Salikas, you can grab one of those for about four grand. Um, and because if you look at the earlier LT ones, the, the Mustang style ones from the, the mid 70s, they're over 30 grand now. So it's just, it's just where you jump in and say, what can I get that I want to drive? Mm. The series, the first series of the WRXs, you know, the, um, really, they are quite sought after and there's not many of them left because most of the boy racers found the, the limit of the acceleration and the grip and wrapped them around poles. But the, uh, the Hero Blue ones from 94, 95, um, that they haven't been highly molested or modified, turned into some sort of a drift car. I mean, you're onto a winner with those as well. Yeah, all right. Hey, Malcolm, we've got to wrap up, mate. We've got to go to an ad break. Thank you for that uh, list of cars and some good advice there too. Um, might be a nice little investment, so make sure you uh, you check all that. Malcolm Owens from Kubota. Thank you so much for the classic car segment, mate. Not a worry. I'll catch you later on. That was the Classic Cars Corner for Kubota, building Australia. And that is it for this week's edition of the show. We do it all thanks to Kubota. Together we're building Australia, and we have been doing it for over three years now. Straight into season four of the driver's seat. It's a a shame that uh, COVID-19 and all the hullabaloo that's come with it has infected a stellar, stellar run that we've had. But nonetheless, it has also wrapped up our coverage of the E-Series. On behalf of Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson, it has been great to have your company. The countdown is on, though. We'll see you at Sydney Motorsport Park in a couple of weeks. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.